There are three non-negotiables every business owner needs to get ahead, traffic, leads, and sales. But with so much noise in the online marketing industry, it's hard to know what works and what doesn't. That's what Unfiltered is all about, giving real entrepreneurs the real truth about making a huge impact with their businesses, fluff free. I'm your host, Lena Elkins, and I hope you love the episode. Hello, my friends. It's your girl, Lena Elkins here. Hope you guys are having an awesome day. I am recording this on Monday, right after the big election announcement weekend. So I know that there's so much going on. There's also so much exciting stuff going on in our little corner of the world. We're actually flying to San Francisco uh, in just a few days. And this is a very busy week. Lots of client calls, lots of projects. We hosted a big webinar last night, so lots of exciting stuff happening. But I'm super excited to be recording this episode for you guys today. So what this episode is all about is what I call hashtag red flag central. <laughs> like red flag, red flag, okay? The three types of clients that you should avoid at all costs and how to identify these clients really fast. So it's always interesting to me how long it will often take entrepreneurs to recognize that a prospect or a client is actually really not a good fit. But at that point, you're sort of stuck with them and you have to go through all the motions and you're just sort of like forced to be miserable for how many, many, however many weeks or months you committed to this person, right? So what I wanna talk about today is how to recognize these red flag clients way earlier so that you can only set yourself up for success to work with the best of the best clients for you. So let's talk about it. So this past week, Eliav and I have actually been having a lot of really interesting conversations about social intuitiveness. It's something that he's actually reading about in the book right now, so we've been talking a lot about it. So basically, all about social intuitiveness and how developing this school, this skill of being able to read people is probably one of the strongest skills that you can develop as an entrepreneur. So having had my own business for several years, I've interacted with so many different kinds of people, right? And have had to navigate so many different kinds of personality types. And while I pretty much my whole life always considered myself to be a socially aware person, like I feel like I read people very, very well and very quickly, my ability to read between the lines and gauge people's true intentions and where they're really coming from and what they really want, that skill for me has deepened drastically due to just the huge amounts of humans who I've had to interact with in different capacities throughout my business over the past several years. And I'm sure you guys have experienced this as well. So with really strengthening and deepening the skill for myself, two awesome things have sort of come from it. First of all, I really no longer take things personally, like at all, (laughs) because I now know that how people communicate is like 99% of the time a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves and their own experiences, okay? It almost never has anything to do with me, good or bad. I just know that. I'm able to separate myself from it because I know that how people show up really has a lot more to do with them than it does with me. So I just don't take things personally anymore. And that is so freeing. If you're not there yet in your life, highly recommend that you work on that because it is probably one of the most freeing gifts you will ever give to yourself. And secondly, of course, I now know who not to waste my time with, right? I don't have to waste my time in any type of relationship that isn't going to align with me or isn't going to serve me or the business, right? So when I say not waste my time with, just to be clear, I'm not just talking about prospects and clients here. This applies to friendships, to business partnerships, to really any sort of relationship 
recognize once you're able to raise the standard for yourself and your own confidence and your own boundaries, plus combining that with your ability to read people way better, you're not going to waste your time with people who don't add to your life anymore. Okay. This is a really important skill for all of us to develop, no matter where you are in your business or your life. So again, after interacting with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, I want to give you some of the quote unquote warning signs, right? The red flags today, because I know that reading between the lines and looking beyond the words someone is saying is not always an easy thing to do or to recognize. But if you can look out for these red flags early, I promise you it's going to save you so much stress and heartbreak and general bad, bad vibes in your life. And ultimately your business is gonna be way more successful. So I have three red flags here. Let's just jump on into them. Red flag number one is what I call the power grabber. So this is typically someone, and by the way, as I go through these, really think, I pretty much promise you that you can identify somebody in your life or somebody who you've interacted with in your business who fits into this category. I've known a lot of these people. And I hate to say this, I really do. For me, most of the people who fall into the power grabber sort of category are men and they're older men, okay? And especially if you are a woman in business and you're younger, like me, like you're in your 20s or 30s, a lot of older men are intimidated and threatened that a younger woman has more experience or knows something more about something that they don't. That's my personal experience. Um, don't get me wrong, I've had met plenty of women who fall into this category as well. But for me, especially in business, it's typically men. So basically, this is someone who feels the need to be in control of the conversation or the relationship and basically the direction that it's going in, okay? So when it comes to client prospects, they'll typically ask a lot of questions to you or make statements with the intention of making it very, very clear they're the big dog in this new relationship, okay? They're the ones who call the shots. They're the ones who know more than you. They're here to guide you, much like an employer might try to guide an employee, okay? And this can be hard to recognize or sort of decipher, Decipher, of course, because it can be easily read as someone who just has sales objections, right? Or just has questions before they decide to move forward with you or not, which in that case is totally legit, right? But typically the questions that they're asking aren't really questions, okay? So here are some things that they'll typically say to you during the sales or potential onboarding process. Convince me, why should I hire you, okay? Or I already have decades of experience in X, Y, and Z. What new ideas do you have for me? Or what new ideas could you possibly have for my business, right? Or I'm not totally convinced that you're the one who can help me achieve X, Y, and Z. Why do you think that you can? Here's what you have to recognize when questions are positions like this. These are not questions that they're looking for authentic answers to. They're testing you. They're trying to see how much you're willing to basically suck up to them in order to get their business. They're trying to make it clear to you that they have the upper hand because they're the one paying you. And it's your job to basically earn it. This is a power move, okay? Now, to be clear, these are very, very different from objections or clarifying questions that they might have before deciding if they want to move forward with working with you or not, right? A clarifying question, which is totally legit, might be something like, um, so I know that you're here to, you know, you're going to teach me this specific skill. Does that include this element of it, right? Genuine questions, or I'm really struggling with this area of my marketing, actually. Is this something that you can help me solve or address? Those are legit questions 
where they're looking for your support and your help and your guidance, and they're valuing your expertise. Now, when someone is a power grabber, there are quote unquote questions, which by the way, are completely designed to make you feel intimidated and small and like desperate for their business. They might actually succeed in doing just that. They might make you feel intimidated or small, right? But you have to remember that when somebody shows up and behaves this way, it has nothing to do with you. Okay, when somebody feels a need to do this, here's typically the truth about them. And this is just what I've seen so much of the time. And I can read this literally within the first like three minutes of speaking to somebody. Okay, at some point in their lives, most likely either as a child or maybe in their teenage years or even today as adults, right? They probably felt inferior or small or excluded or bullied in some way right? They probably spent a lot of their years trying to prove themselves and try to fit in with others, right? And that feeling of insecurity and inferiority stuck with them throughout their lives. So basically, in order for them to feel like the big dog or, you know, sorry, if you're driving in the car right now with kids, but for lack of a better term, like that they have the biggest dick in the room, right? So in order to feel like that person, they now feel the need to make others feel just as inferior and small, right? They need to prove their bigness by putting others down or else they can't truly feel that way or else they feel uncomfortable. So remember that if somebody acts this way and they act like the big dog on the call and I'm the one who calls the shots and I'm the one and you have to prove yourself to me, this is not a sign of confidence. I know it can be construed as confidence, but it is actually the sign of the exact opposite, okay? Those with true self-confidence lift others up, and they stand on their own two feet without depending on others to feel that way, okay? They stand on their own two feet without feeling the need to make sure that anybody else feels any other sort of way, right? You do not need to be the next victim of this person, okay? Because trust me, as much as you might want to, this is not somebody who you can fix, and this is not something that you can change about them, and you are not going to be able to prove anything to them. They already have their mind made up. So no matter how hard you work in this contract with them, no matter what you do, no matter uh, the efforts that you make, no matter how many mindset shifts you try to help this client make, trust me, it's not worth it. This person does not want to change. They just want to be in charge. So say no to this prospect. Okay, red flag number two. This is what I call the excuse maker. So this is typically a prospect or a client who absolutely loves. And by the way, we're not just talking about clients and prospects here. You probably have friends like this, family members. Like I literally see these people all the time. This is so common across the board, no matter if people are business owners or full-time, it doesn't matter who you are, this is so common. But this is somebody who basically loves to talk about why nothing up until this point has worked out for them and why most likely in the future, nothing will, right? Every single sentence has a but attached to it or but the thing is, or it has a, and the problem is attached to it, right? So here's what's tricky about identifying the excuse maker, especially when you're like in a sales call or you're trying to sort of gauge this person and understand if they're a good fit for you as a client. Sometimes this person really just needs some mindset shifts and they need your guidance in making those mindset shifts. And in fact, that might be why they're hiring you or interested in hiring you, right? This happens all the time. Sometimes a prospect or a client just needs a new lens or a new perspective or a pep talk, or maybe they need to learn the self-coaching model, which we talk about a lot here, right? In order to basically unlock these mental barriers and ditch the complaining for good. Again, that might be why they're hiring you, especially if you're a mindset coach, if you're a confidence coach, if you're a relationship coach, like anything within the mental and emotional self-development world, 
then that's something else, right? But those people who are typically in need of those sorts of shifts, you're going to be able to tell if they're open to change and if they're appreciative to you for helping them make those changes, right? That's pretty clear. But the excuse maker is someone who's very, very different. This is a person who basically thrives in never enough, okay? They literally get energy, like endorphins, almost like an addiction, right? To pointing out and focusing on all of the problems that are in front of them instead of the solutions. So here are some common sentences or themes that you'll see within the behavior of excuse makers. Yeah, but it's never enough, okay? Somebody who always has the butt attached to it again, right? They're never really, uh, they're never really confident. They're never really appreciative. They're never grateful, right? They're never like, it's always like, yeah, but this is a situation, but here's still the thing that's lacking or missing. It's always never enough, okay? Number two, um, nothing is happening. No one is signing up. Nothing is working. This always happens to me. People who use absolute words, okay? Generally, it's a red flag when people <laughs> consistently use words like nothing, no one, always, never, like absolute words, these people are caught up in their own mental drama and they're not looking for help and they're not looking to improve. They just need to uh, keep you know, caught up in their mental crap and complaining, okay? And the last thing that you'll often hear these people say is uh, for when people say they're gonna do something or they're gonna make changes or they're gonna take action of some sort, right? Yeah, but I couldn't do it because or I would have done it, but or I didn't have time to do it because or, you know, not enough resources. I was sick. I was tired. I was frustrated. I just whatever. There's like this never ending perpetual and exhausting list of why they didn't do what they said they would. Right? Super, super, super common here. So here's what I'm trying to emphasize. These people, the excuse makers, they don't want to change. No matter how much they say they want to change, they don't want to change. This is sort of like drug addicts who are like, no, I want to get help. I want to get rehab, whatever. But you can't take that at face value. If they really did, they're going to put their money where their mouth is, right? And they're going to go take action. These people do not want to change. They do not want to grow and improve. They are completely comfortable in the uncomfortable, in the lack, in not having enough, right? The lack is a comfort spot where they want to stay. And again, this typically comes from a deep lifelong fear of disappointing themselves or disappointing others, right? So it's way easier to basically stay in your comfort zone and not take big action and not make changes and blame everyone or everything else around you instead of actually making the changes, doing the work and potentially failing and embarrassing yourself. It's way easier for most people, okay? So what do you do about that as an entrepreneur, as somebody who might want to work with them? Let them stay there. It's not your job to change people, only to guide them if they truly want to change and improve themselves. But ultimately, they need to want their results more than they want their drama. And red flag number three, this is definitely the, the, the most well-intended of the three, but I still have to put it in here. This is what I call the chatty Kathy. <laughs> okay, the chatty Kathy. So what I want you to always remember here, regardless of what it is that you do, if you are a coach, if you are a consultant, if you are a service provider, remember that people are hiring you to do the real work and help this person generate some sort of real hands-on tangible result, right? They're hiring to learn from you, to get access to your specific skill set, to get insight into your experiences, et cetera, right? So... When someone seems like all they want to do instead of doing those things is hear their own voice and not listen to you, they are ultimately going to waste their money and your time. 
So we've had clients in the past, and I'm sure you have too, and I'm sure you just know people like this in your life who will get on calls with you and just rant and ramble about random crap for like the entire hour that you guys have together, right? This person is going to consistently interrupt you. They're going to start going off on like random tangents and stories. They're going to transition from topic to topic without even letting you get a word in edgewise, okay? They just talk and talk and talk and talk and they don't stop. And it's easy to think, well, this person is paying me, you know, for their time with me. Let them use it if this is what they feel like they need. But trust me, by the end of your time working with this person, at the end of your package, this person is not going to be happy when looking back on your time working together. Because they're going to look back and they're going to realize that, wow, what a surprise, not that much got done, right? And they're going to blame you for it. They're not going to recognize that they wasted all this time just talking about nonsense, right? And using this like a therapy session, okay? They're going to blame you for it. Those who just talk and talk and talk without realizing it are not socially intuitive or aware people. And they will not realize that this whole thing happened because of them. So if someone behaves this way, it's probably because at different points in their life, maybe their whole life, they felt unheard right? Maybe they felt unheard in friendships, in school, in romantic partnerships. Maybe they were shy and nervous and insecure in all those different places, right? But this insecurity of not being heard has basically turned this person into a massive narcissist who feels the need to talk to people instead of talking with people, okay? Just talking at somebody instead of really engaging in a conversation. And by the way, this is something that I've spoken about before as well. Typically, the most insecure people in the world are also the most self-absorbed. You will see this pattern across the board. So the thing is here, and this is where it becomes a little tricky, if what you do is designed to basically combat this kind of behavior. So for example, let's say like if you're a relationship coach, right, or you're a mindset coach of some sort, or you're a confidence coach, you can basically work with this person to recognize this flaw and try to reverse this pattern. But throughout your time together, you're going to need to be really firm and constantly redirecting the conversation and calling them out on this behavior and bringing this to their attention. But like, if you do something that is much more hands-on and tangible and focused on a direct, clear end result, if you're a marketer like me, if you're a copywriter, if you're a graphic designer, if you're someone who ultimately, this is just going to be a waste of your time and you feel like this kind of behavior is going to disrupt your ability to do your work well, then you have to say no to this client. And you're going to be able to identify this sort of behavior from literally the first ever sales interaction you have with them on a call. You're going to know that it's not going to be a good fit if they don't let you get a word in edgewise and they're more interested in just listening to themselves than listening to you and how you can help them. Because remember, you are the expert in this relationship. All right, friends. So this is Red Flag Central, the three types of clients that you should absolutely avoid at all costs and how to identify them fast. And again, this all comes back to developing this relationship of social awareness and social intuitiveness. And as you keep growing in your business, this is going to come along naturally, but pay attention. Okay, really pay attention. Don't just take people's words at face value. Try to read between the lines and truly understand what they're trying to say. It's going to save you so much more time. It's going to make sure that you are only onboarding clients that are way more aligned, that are way more appreciative of you and are going to pay you way more. So trust me, you guys, if there's any one skill that you develop socially in your business, this is it. All right, friends. Well, next time I talk to you, I will be recording stateside. So we will talk then. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to Unfiltered and we will chat soon. Oh.